I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha. And this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, guys. Welcome. So today is going to be a doozy. I don't know (laughs) how it's going to go. So I just want to preface with I am going to ask questions out the ass because what did you have me watch is all I have <laughs> to say. We are talking about the 2021 French body horror film, Titan. Titanium. Uh, first off, <laughs> I, I already have one question because I did not realize that body horror was a thing. I just have, you know, horror coupled in, you know, their slashers, their thrillers, their, you know, psychological thrillers, whatever. So the idea of body horror Someone, please talk to me about it. I did look up what other movies were in relation to body horror, but can please enlighten me because I was surprised off the bat. Um, like what what it is? Is it literally just because, like, a slasher movie? If you're just talking about body horror, okay, it's. Are you just talking about like it's going to be gruesome? It's going to be bloody. There's going to be guts, like because that's a, a standard slasher movie right there. So why is it specifically body horror? I think that it's like focusing on like disturbing things related to the body, and so it's like more. I, I think that the body has way more of a focus versus like a slasher where there is like a lot of violence happening, but not necessarily that being like the core, like the core of that is more like the slasher killing people versus the focus on like the, the limits of, of the physical body is my understanding. But now I'm going to assign you homework after whatever Brian says. So as the producer of this show, I think we just need to be very clear that it's not body horror. It's body yaddy yaddy horror. (laughs) (laughs) That was not what I thought was going to happen. I, that went so left in the best possible way. (laughs) Well, also, I mean, we did do starry eyes, which could be considered like half body horror, half like cult. Mm. Cause there's that whole scene in the bathtub where she like, her like her she pulls her scalp off or something wild mm-hmm. like that she right pulls her right. nails yeah off mm-hmm. yeah stuff like that where it's like focusing on like the limit like pushing the body to the furthest 
you know, reaches that they can go or even like beyond that in ways that like, you know, so what I was going to say, your homework is to look into David Cronenberg because like he is the body horror director. Um, you, you stole, you stole one of my suggestions for later. Sort oh, of. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Um, well, it, it might still be different. Cause I also have, there's, you know, more than just one movie, but, um, so but definitely as like a, a, director who has really like you know put that that sub genre um out there um he's like the the king of um of body horror i have also a homework assignment for you yikes Uh, the most most body horror movie i've ever seen is tusk okay that was on a list that i saw oh that's a no that's a that's a no for me that's a no for me yeah. Isn't there also an, a Netflix, wasn't it a Netflix movie or maybe it just came, was, came out on Netflix about like this lady turning into an octopus or something. Does that sound any kind of familiar, but it's a uh, horror movie tentacles. I don't know. <laughs> so oh, I'll come I mean, back. So tentacles I've never seen, but tentacles is on uh, Hulu as part of their series. Like they're like uh, their Blumhouse series or whatever yes. it is. Um, yes. But I didn't watch it. But I know that the poster is like her le- like a tentacle and she's standing in the bathroom or something like that. Oh, so. that's exactly it. Okay. So then, yes, tentacles. I was going to say, is that in relation to body horror? But we'll just have to watch it and find no, out. Nikisha, it's body yaddy. Body yaddy yaddy. Oh my gosh. Oh, fantastical. Okay, well, to continue in the intro of this Titania movie, we're, I'm going to speak of it in the English language. It is directed and written by Giulia Ducorno. I can't, I'm trying to pronounce that in an Italian accent. It's French. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> Things have really taken a turn. <laughs> oh, my but God. To be and, fair, to be fair Nikisha. A lot of this movie is in English, except for the spoken language. Like her tattoos are in English, her sweatshirt. The in music English. is in English. What? Yeah. I I agree with with all of that because I was like, okay, we're listening to American rock, twentieth century music, twenty first century music, and in this French film that is in the time that we are in now. It was very interesting. Uh, this film stars Agatha Roussel in her feature film debut. I mean, she was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, would not have ever guessed. And there are a couple of other people, but she is the main star. And I just would like to not butcher these other people's names. So I'm just going to say, you guys, look up Titan, look up the actors, and they are all phenomenal uh, iffy about the storyline, but the acting, fantastic. So before we get into it, obviously heavy spoilers, we're going to be talking about everything in relation to the titanium girl and her body, yada, yada, horror. Are there any trigger warnings, Jamie, that we should know about? I mean, I, is it even worth saying all of them? I just feel like if you can <laughs> think it, it exists. Um, I mean, it's, again, That's like if you're sure. thinking body horror, it's incredibly physically graphic and gruesome um there is a lot of murdering that happens there is um a lot of like body binding happening um like super 
alert warnings. There's a an attempted self-abortion. Um, there is a lot of uh, relations with vehicles. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Definitely many disturbing images. So if any of that sounds alarming to you, this might not be for you. And that's, that's okay. We support you. We support you because <laughs> the way I will never watch this uh, again, there's no need to watch it a single time, you know, good and bad reasons. There's no need to watch it. So before we get into it, has there been any other thing that you guys have been watching throughout the week? I'll start because I watched It Follows for the first time. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. And I've been, it's been on my list, but it finally became available to watch on Netflix. Mm. So I was like, oh yes, I'm going to cue this up uh, after a nice day of doing Hamilton twice and get some vodka cranberry <laughs> and watch It Follows. <laughs> what it, Sounds yeah. Tell us more about your experience. I loved it. I knew what it was about because, again, a lot of people have suggested it to me. And I've seen, you know, listicles of top scares and whatever movies. And it was always the scene in the school when, like, the old lady, naked lady is following her as part of the the thing that's following everyone, the STD that's following everyone. And I've also thought it was very interesting that that was the premise was that you get this bisexual encounter and now it just follows you around. But even if you pass it on to someone else, you can still see them. And I was like, Oh, this is so many levels of like meta things. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, although it was not scary, like there were no jump scares. I definitely was very unsettled, uh, you know, sleeping at night of like, oh my gosh, just because the idea of a presence just always being there or you like anticipating, like my anxiety was on 10 of like, oh, something is just out there waiting <laughs> to get me. So uh, mm -hmm. as far as yeah. that, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It <laughs> yeah, it's really good. it good. <laughs> it good <laughs> yeah definitely one of the like better recent horror movies that i highly recommend yeah yeah it has very uh two things i like about it is that it is not in any time at all it's got mm -hmm. like these 80s vibes but they're kind of contemporary because i think they text in the movie yes. but like but like there, i just like that think that was so cool but on top of that like I just it, it it in a weird way reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street. Not as like campy, but just the idea that like you can't ever just be comfortable in your safe space. Like the I, I remember you saying this, Nikisha, that like the the reason that the Friday the Thirteenth movies scare you is because like sleep is kind of your safe space, like your private space when you rest, you are energizing, and, and to you that's very sacred. And to think that that is like being uh, that that just that isn't a safe space anymore that's being invaded is like mm -hmm. a very scary thing. And just like the ability to just be alone and like and like be able to like shut your brain off is definitely like 
something and having that invaded by something else and not always being able to just like take a breath for a second is like a fascinating concept on top of the STD talk. Yeah. I mean, because the idea, and I think you said Friday the 13th, but I know you meant Nightmare on Elm Street. I did mean Nightmare on Elm Street. That's exactly what <laughs> I meant. Okay. Uh, because Jason doesn't get you in your sleep. Jason gets you when you're doing it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess kind of works hand in hand with the STDs and it follows. So it's just yeah, like, home, sleep and don't yeah. have sex. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, fine. Except totally. isn't there, there's like another uh, horror series where like, if you're a virgin, you specifically get targeted, which like really, oh. you know, throws the rules for a loop and like, how, how do you survive? I, I don't know. I don't know. You don't. <laughs> you don't survive. You just, no. I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, it was cool to watch them try to like navigate. Cause they were like, can we just try to kill this entity? And it's like, no, you couldn't do it. So you just have to keep passing it along. And then to pass it along to like a hooker who's gonna continue to sleep with other people and continue to pass it along. It's like, I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah, but also like the concept of like, if it gets you, it reverts back. So you're never, like you're never safe. You're never Mm -hmm. comfortable. Like Mm -hmm. that is also terrifying because like, it's still always in the back of your mind. Even if you know it's like 10 people down the road, like who knows? It's wild. Yeah. It It still, it follows. Great movie. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Woot. Well, I guess we should get into all of the things that are this movie, but we need a summary. Jamie, I can't. I I actually just can't. Didn't I go last time? <laughs> what was okay, it? What did we ladies, do last time? I'll do it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, are you going to mansplain the plot to us? I'm just going to regular explain it. <laughs> I mean, I already mansplained why uh, Nikisha is afraid of Nightmare on Elm Street, so I might as well mansplain the <laughs> thing. <laughs> Uh, Somebody time me because we're getting Tatane crazy. Tatane, uh, has got it. You can't contain me. <laughs> that could go right. a variety of ways. <laughs> yes. All right, we have two minutes on the clock. Starving now. Okay, so this is Tatane. It's in France. Uh, this woman, is, excuse me, no, strike that, start over again. This man is driving around with his daughter and uh, he yells at her. She's not buckled in. He, they get into a mini car accident because he's dis- she's distracting him. And then she hits her head against the uh, inside glass of the car. And so she gets a metal plate put in her head. And so for some reason, she's very attracted to cars at this point. Flash forward to the present day. And she is a sexy dancer at a car show who seems to be very intimate with her car, okay? And she's leaving. She's very popular. People know who she is. They're asking for her autograph. And then she leaves and gets into her car, and then someone's following her, and it follows. And someone's following her, <laughs> and so he asks for an autograph, and then he's super creepy about it, like 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 sexually abusing her. It's very uncomfortable. And so she stabs him in the ear with her hair, um, her hair thing. 
And so he's dead. And you're like, oh, what's happening? And then you find out that she goes home. Oh, no. One and minute. then she goes to shower. Oh, my God. Then she showers. Oh, my God. How? This is like 12 movies. Okay. <laughs> then she showers and she has sex with the car because it shows up. And then we find out she's a serial killer and that she almost gets caught. So she runs away. She doesn't have a good relationship with her family. She pretends to be somebody, a missing child of a man who is a firefighter. And then he, she becomes interactive. But, oh, my God, she's pregnant by the car. And she's binding herself so she doesn't have to see. It becomes very androgynous. And then she... Um, she finds acceptance because he's there in love with each other, like like friendly, like nice, like father, the son, father, daughter. Thirty pretending. seconds, and then thirty seconds. Okay. Oh, I'll slow down a little bit. And so then there's empathy. So they find empathy with each other and she becomes accepted. And like the, the father who's like super fucked up in his own right, who's like um, giving himself um, uh, like human growth hormone, like all the steroids. And then at the end, she gives birth. He finds out she gives birth Ten to seconds. this robot child and dies. And then he takes the child for his own. But he, she dies happier than she was before. And now he has something to kind of live for. So they all help each other. Um, and that is Tatane. And that's the plot. Time is up. That was very nice. Snaps for Brian. Well, like I even said it while I was watching it. Like it's five different movies. It's a serial killer movie. It's a trauma movie. It is a like thriller. It's like a uh, you know, don't wake daddy. It's like a. It's like a. It's it's also like a like a, a hidden <laughs> hidden identity type of movie, and then it's a body horror movie. Oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. It's a body yaddy yaddy horror movie, <laughs> and then it's a it's a wild romp through uh, through like sexual fluidity and uh, and and acceptance and things of that nature. So like, what a wild wild film that won the uh, Palme d'Or or whatever it is. Not the Palme. Did it win the Palme d'Or? Or did it win? Yeah, the, it did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A oh, wild no. ride. Palm de or <laughs> or yes, okay. Well, initial thoughts about this movie. None of us have seen this, correct? This is all of our first time. Yeah, Grant. no, no prior experience of this. Yes, Jamie. What were your initial thoughts in maybe like two or three sentences? Give me what you. Uh, still processing. Uh, but when did you watch it? Did you watch it today? Before? No, this? we watched it over the weekend. Okay. Um, so it's been, you know, in my brain for a day or two. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, still processing. Uh, I mean, the the themes that they address, as Brian was giving in his wonderful summary, um, is interesting. I'm still like. But like I'm still confused, um, and yeah, no, I'm 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 confused. <laughs> right, we'll have a whole section of confusion in a second. We'll just <laughs> ask each other all the questions that won't get answered. Great. Uh, <laughs> this movie has like, I mean, the critics are talking about it like constantly, and I've also heard that people either like love it or hate it. So I'm imagining that maybe we're falling on the closer to hating it side based on facial reactions that, you know, people listening to podcasts can't see, but, um, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's definitely like, I think it's one of those that's worth like a one-time watch to like be a part of the discourse on it. Um, but like, is this going to be a regular routine part of my movie watching? Um, no, unlikely not right i agree 
I watched this movie this morning when I first woke up. <laughs> Good and morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning to me. And sorry, that just also, you talking made me think of a question that I wanted to uh, write down. Why uh, are you confused? <laughs> <laughs> so in watching this, I, you know, I'm on my newfounds. So let me find a deeper meaning to everything that I'm watching. Like, let's really dive in and figure out what the writing is trying to say, what the director is trying to say, whether it be through just cinematography or whether, you know, there are themes that come up and there are little tiny snippets of themes in relation to like losing someone and grief and replacing them to fill that void and also trying to find yourself and acceptance and all of those great things that can be relatable. So I was trying very hard to relate to those aspects of the movie, mm-hmm. but in overall picture, I was confused at why they chose this particular avenue to convey those themes. And I wish that there, that the themes weren't so hidden in everything because it's, you get tiny glimpses of things, but it's not like a uh, this is what the movie is about, which I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I would have liked for this movie to have been that. And it wasn't. And I guess that's where my confusion was because I really was. And I also was truly expecting you guys to be like, oh my God, I loved it. This is what it was about. I get it. This is like a great representation of blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I'm actually a little bit happy that you're both still like the tiniest bit confused because mm-hmm. I fully, and in my, it definitely was a movie that made me look to other opinions to see if I was missing something. Mm-hmm. And Jamie, like you said, it was half and half. Mm-hmm. Some people were like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand anything that just happened. And other people were like, oh, surrealist cinema is back. Oh, this is great. And I'm just like, I don't know what is happening. I think you mean, uh, so you I can't even do it. That's <laughs> embarrassing. Okay. Surrealist? See release. You know what? You clap for effort. Yes. That was you tried. <laughs> no, so I mean, but truly, I was just like, I maybe I'm just not getting something, and I want to understand it. But as far as just the body horror in general, absolutely, there were definitely scenes uh, in this, and that's a question that I want to ask for us later. Like, what were the scenes that kind of were like? high on the list of body horror wow never want to see that again moment because there were a couple of those where i was like if in the realm of body horror you are succeeding in scaring me in that aspect mm-hmm. but everything else i was just like oh kind of grasping at straws trying to piece everything together but we'll try to all piece it somewhat together uh in our conversation so those are my initial thoughts brian what about you so i in hindsight, I think I liked it. I, I think watching it was a wild roller coaster ride because, as I mentioned earlier, there's just like a lot of things. There's obviously the um, the opening, which is like this childhood trauma section um, that's pretty pretty brutal, and then you have the kind of the sexualized, like weird um, serial killer sequences with sex with the car, um, and then you have this kind of like this weird like like thriller this like identity thriller uh piece to it that still has the body horror incorporated watching all these things at the same time feels like you're going from different movie to different movie but 
I think that in hindsight, what kept it together for me was this sense of showing like uh, somebody that like, doesn't belong anywhere. And then you actually see this person when she's not even in her, her, it's a very interesting juxtaposition of like her body doing the things that a body would do, even though she has a car inside of her. Um, like a female body would do if it was pregnant. I mean, sort of, not really, but also while pretending to be uh, a male. So there's that kind of that sexual fluidity because, you know, um, so there's that one aspect of it. But just the idea of like all these people are fucked up, but there's this kind of understanding <laughs> and empathy through that. Uh, and they like they learn to just feel a part of something and accept it and purpose when they didn't have it before, because it's very clear, like how disaffected and, and, and her father was to the whole situation. Her mother was like there, they must hold so much guilt um, over what they did to her as a child. And like that scar is always there. And mm -hmm. then at then then this other guy who like, it just like is so concerned about the way that he looks as a way, the thing that he can control uh, you know, the 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 muscles, the steroids and all of that. And then this other person who's trying to control what she looks like in terms of like the the car baby belly and stuff like that and, you know, hiding her breasts and things of that nature. Um, I think that this works as a French film because they're not shying away from any of the nudity. So you really get like a full effect there as opposed to like, this might feel a little almost a little weirder if it was an American film because like we're a lot more, you know, um, sensitive to the telling of stories through bodies so mm -hmm. I think that like that definitely helped kind of make it more full like when she you know she's obviously naked in this quite a bit so I think that a lot of that again I think that the what to me the wild card in this is obviously the fact that she's pregnant from a car uh, mm -hmm. but like if you think I'm not saying you should but like if you think about this if she was actually pregnant just like, but having to go through all of this, um, I think this movie maybe would have been more grounded for a lot of us and like actually made more sense through like what she's trying to do throughout this whole thing. Um, obviously the added element of like the car being inside of her and the oil and whatnot, like is a whole different like part of this thing, um, mm -hmm. which I'm, I totally, which I admittedly do not have a grasp on that aspect of things with the car and like, I don't know, maybe it's trying to say something about like are our 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 behaviors inherited, are they learned? Like the plate was put into her as a young person, like and then all of a sudden she had these these new quirks, if you will. Um, does like is she is she going between like the real and the not real? Is that a mm -hmm. I, I, I like I'm I'm sure there's a better explanation than what I just did, but I I think that that through line of empathy and love and acceptance underneath all of this like fucking labyrinth of like a plot it definitely made me very interested in it and it's what kept it engaging for me i mean i, I agree with jamie this is like a one-time thing i'm good i i i you know <laughs> but i i think i did enjoy it uh, it's one that's going to stick with me for a while just because of how wacky it was but how much i like was invested in these characters like 
it was also really hard because like she's this horrible serial killer but like, mm-hmm. i also towards the end were just like I, I like wanted her to have an okay life in this fire station and it made me very uncomfortable when she was potentially ruining it by dancing on top of the fire truck but like also it's this fantastic moment of her not re- like who is she she's trying to figure out like does she still have the sexuality of a female but like is 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 like male in essence like she's pregnant but she fits in as a male she like she barely talks in this movie but she's like the most expressive person in this there's just so much going on that i like about this movie that the things i can't figure out i'm okay with because of the things i really did enjoy about this movie hmm. <laughs> that's fair i mean and even you talking about the whole car situation. The only thing that I could think of as well to connect it is that, you know, her having that plate in her head or the trauma of that car accident when she was younger, having the plate in her head and then her obsession with cars and ultimately giving birth to a car baby can, the through line could kind of be just like a a physical representation of like, like you said, carrying that trauma yeah, yeah, definitely. Out. And, and so, you can, that you can pass on that trauma, but it's about yes. the support system you have. Whoa, I love that. Nikisha, I think you nailed it. Great. Episode over. Thanks. We're done. <laughs> Let's do the four S's. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But literally, I only thought about that when you started talking about it, because in the moment, I was like, I don't understand the car situation. What? I dig that. I super dig yeah. that. But yeah, that's, so we'll leave it at that. Crack the code on that one. Uh, (laughs) But let's get into all of the other trauma-related things. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of... (laughs) So many things. Here we go. (laughs) I have have no answers. Before we get into the trauma and all of that, I I just want to take a second and really uh, talk about the MVP of this film, which is the cars, the, uh, no, the, the, uh, the, the Macarena. Uh, <laughs> I think that the Macarena, the song, the Macarena is uh, the true MVP of, uh, of this because um, one, now I remember how to do CPR. True. Two, uh, <laughs> the Macarena. <laughs> That's it. No, but what's, what's the, um, I don't watch the office. But there's always a clip that comes up of when they're trying to, they're all learning CPR. And what's that song? Staying Alive. That's it. Uh, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Staying alive. Which makes sense because you're trying to keep help somebody stay alive. Wow. Okay. That's like one of the single best scenes from that entire series. (laughs) Fantastic. I have to go back and invest in, in that. But Okay. Mental health wise, and I was literally like grasping at straws, <laughs> trying to think of things to discuss in this. But obviously, there's like childhood trauma uh, with the the physical nature of her having this titanium in her head. But my question is, and this is just like a very generalized question: like, can you have a childhood injury like that, a head injury that would in turn lead to you developing a mental illness? Not necessarily like she has a plate in her head and then she might be self-conscious physically, but that, and that can turn into anxiety and, you know, whatever, but like actually turning from 
being fine, seemingly okay, having a head injury and then getting a mental illness because of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think like, instead of saying that like a brain injury can cause mental illness, what I would say is that like TBIs, traumatic brain injuries as a whole, like in and of themselves are incredibly complicated and challenging and like can lead to symptoms that like look very similar, if not like the same as different symptoms of mental illnesses. So like, I think that that definitely tracks maybe not in the same presentation as, as this film would have it be. Um, but yeah, like traumatic brain injuries can be like, there's like a huge spectrum, um, of like the severity of the symptoms and it can obviously like happen to literally anybody at any age. Um, and the, uh, yeah, like the, the impact can shift from like leaving a seemingly normal independent life to like, you know, needing support for the rest of your life. Um, and it just like, it truly depends on what the, like the context of the injury is that, that plays the role in like somebody's ability to operate and, and function. Yeah. Cause when they, after they install the plate in her head, they're like, you know, watch out for signs of, you know, or like motor functions, like, and all the stuff like that. And then we skip to her in her adult age, not knowing like if things are happening throughout her younger years. It's just like now she's an adult. She has both of her parents still. She's living in their house. She has a quote unquote job as a sexy dancer on cars in a car show. But is it her car? Like, is that her car or is that just her job? And like the people come, like, I was thinking like, is this like a fast and furious situation where the people, you know, all park their cars somewhere. And then like the sexy yes. dancers come and they're like, Ooh, a car. I think that is what it is. Brian, what were you going to say? So my thought is that it's like a car. It's like a, it's like a underground car show or it's not too underground. People know who she is, that she travels with it. She, it seems like she knows these girls, like the other girls in there. The one girl seemed new who she met in the shower and gets stuck to, um, so I think that <laughs> my guess would be like, it's this car show. They travel around with it potentially. And, uh, that's the car that she had, like that she dances with and like had an attachment to it as we see her kiss the other car at the beginning. That would be my guess because she's in a different car in the park. She, she kills yeah. the guy. Mm-hmm. So that, that would, that would be my guess. Yeah. It's just, so she has all of these things. She has her cars, her, the love of her life, her cars, all the things, but it's now all of a sudden she's a serial killer. So like, where does that, I guess this is not like missile related. I'm just asking, like, where do you think that came from? Because doesn't it also allude that she like kills her parents? Like she burns the whole house House down. down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then, so I guess I asked that because in going through the storyline and her trying to find acceptance and then ended, you know, ends up now wanting to be with the captain as her dad, it's like, well, then what was the motivation? Like you did have a home, you did have things, you burned it all down. And then now you're trying to find something else. Like that didn't make sense to me. 
I don't know. How did you feel about that? I mean, did you even I, think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> my brain is like honestly just mashed potatoes after watching this movie. Um, yeah. I mean, so I guess my take, one thought that I had was like in the beginning of the movie, when the car accident happens, she's like annoying her dad. Um, and he seems like very, like very pissed off by her. Um, and so, and then like after she has the surgery and she like kind of dismisses her parents again, it almost made me wonder if like her, her behavior haven't necessarily changed as a result of the car accident, but maybe like this behavior was always there. And maybe like, I mean, maybe this was always going to be what happened or maybe it was like exacerbated by the car accident, but like she didn't seem to be the most charming of children um, from the start. (laughs) Not that she like deserved a car accident, but like just in terms of the like trajectory of, you know, her personality like it just makes me wonder if because like you know in terms of predicting antisocial behavior um there are like signs to look out for in in children while you can't like diagnose a kid with being antisocial um because I think we talked about previously like it's it they folks try to like not diagnose things in like very young children because, mm-hmm. you know, stages of development and whatnot. But like, there's things that you can observe, like patterns of behavior. Um, so like when you hear about, you know, uh, like if you've heard anecdotes of like children abusing or torturing animals, like that is oh. potentially a, a symptom or like a sign that they you know, might present with some antisocial tendency. So like things like that, where you can, you know, take note of these types of behaviors that could over time be indicative of, um, some sociopathic type behavior. So then in turn, when she does become pregnant and more maternal, and she, do you feel like maybe that could be a reason why she's like, well, now the captain is here and he wants to help me and take care of me. Maybe I should just go back to him. Because, <laughs> like she was on her own doing her own thing. And then, and she, the captain did like let her leave. And then, you know, she, that bus scene that was really random and the guys oh, like, yelled yeah. Yeah. Like, that what do you make funny. of that scene? Right. It's just like, because that didn't, seemed like it was leading into her returning home unless she felt scared, but she's the one killing people. Who's she afraid of? <laughs> I mean, maybe she thought that she was actually at risk of like killing those guys on the bus and like removed herself from the situation to not oh. get caught. Like uh-huh. that's like one read because yeah, like it's almost subverting your idea of like, she's, she's, presenting as male in that scene already because she already chopped off her hair and is wearing the bindings and there's that other woman that's being like verbally assaulted by the passengers and like they're staring at each other and I mean there's also this part like my heart definitely dropped when you see her get off the bus because it's like well now this woman is just like going to be subjected to like these awful guys in the back of the bus and no one's doing anything and like the one person who like acknowledges it like leaves like that sucks but like 
you know, is like, was that self-preservation? Was that like her trying not to murder more people because like they already have, you know, pictures of her, um, which I was like, how did that happen? Like, how did people identify her? I was confused because I thought she killed everyone that saw her. Exactly. No, did she miss? That, yeah, I remember that one girl at the end escaped. Oh, from the like thousands of roommates in that one yeah, house. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm. mm-hmm. I thought she killed her. I, I was also looking up and down because I was like, there's like a lot going on here and they need like a visual pause. Yes. Just, and, and the fact that she was just like, how many of there are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will say that like, you mentioned the Macarena before and then this scene, there are these like, like snippets of humor that break through, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate because like, it's clear that this movie is like a very intense watch. And Mm -hmm. so like, you know, kind of breaking it up. So it's not just like straight through intense at a thousand percent the whole time, but like throwing Mm -hmm. in some like very mild manner jokes in there. Um, Yeah. Like I, I actually thought that was like really interesting um, and, and made it slightly more enjoyable. Cause it's like, it's like with any other horror movie, when they throw comedic elements in, it's like the tension is super high and then they like cut the tension and you're like Mm -hmm. offered that sigh of relief. And then like they rebuild it back up. And so I think it's, um, it's clever the way that they do that in this. Yeah. And then, even in, cause I really am just trying to understand what's her character name, Alexia, her whole narrative. Cause it's like, what is your end goal girl? Like what is happening? I mean, she dies, but in, in essence, even going to like, when she is trying to give herself an abortion, which that was like a, a really intense and hard scene to go through. And she's had so much trauma and nowhere in there is, she dealing with any of it it's there's no there's no remorse for the killings there's like she just wants to get rid of the baby but then she's like okay well I'm I'm having it and it's not really processing it I don't know what I'm saying but I guess it's just like (laughs) her journey is just interesting because there's no it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason why she's doing the things that she's doing like the captain is being nice to her okay but she leaves, but then there's no reason that she's going back to him. But then, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm confused about her in general. And she's the main focus of the movie, which I guess is what is where my confusion lies, is the foundation of it. It's just that, what is her end goal? What is her journey? She is changing, maybe, okay, but there's no like specific reasoning why she's changing, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, so going back to the bus scene, I think there's another way to read that scene. I'm not, I don't know what's right, but I think Mm -hmm. that one way to read that bus scene is that she didn't want to kill them. Like she would rather be feel safe in the, under the captain's watch and in the firefighting, the firefighters unit or the EMTs, whatever they were. Um, Then she would rather be out in the world and, and just like have to deal with all that bullshit and all that and and yes she leaves that other woman there but she makes the choice to go back because she would rather just feel safe in this contained environment and and have purpose than just be wandering and i think that's at the point where she kind of 
I think I, again, I don't remember the order of these movies, these sequences, but that's when he starts to trust her more because she comes back and she's going out on all these calls. But then that's when the one that clearly had like a father son relationship with him starts to kind of get jealous and turn. So those are things that are, I, I think if you, if you incorporate that bus situation in the journey to kind of feel acceptance and empathy and, and, and love, then I think that that fits into the movie a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I like the idea that she's separating herself from that situation, that like that intense situation, like Jamie said, like made her want to just like walk away from it and not kill and whatnot. I think it's, it could be a combination of all of those things, but I see it as a part of her journey towards just feeling like she belongs somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I'll get off of her. Let's talk about the captain. <laughs> and I'm the captain now. Did, did you say that? They, I have a wrong movie. I I think that was that was in the trailer. They cut oh, that. Ray, that was in the yeah, trailer. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> just we, the captain now. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say something that's not French. Never mind. Uh, I, I only know that from, uh, you may know my friend uh, Muzzy. Oh, Muzzy. Wow. I always wanted to order those tapes too, but. Yeah. Yes, those kids are speaking French, but no, they're not French. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) You should find that theme song, put it on here. Uh, So with the captain, we all, we've talked so much about grief. And he is obviously going through it to an extent where anyone who says, who claims to be his son, he's like, yeah, that's it. And I thought it was so interesting how when he's talking to the police or wherever they were, and he was like, I think I would know who my son is. Mm -hmm. And then looks at this person and and is like, I'm just going to take this person, which is just how... And so I guess my question is, how does that fit into like the stages of grief, literally just like finding someone to replace like the void, replace the loss? Yeah. I mean, this is like clearly a very disturbed person who, uh, you know, I mean, I, I can't remember if they say like how long that period of time was between like when his son went missing and how old his son would be, I guess someone would have to rewind the tapes, but, um, yeah, but like, I mean, there's a, I forget who says it, but like a comment that's made about him, like staying in that same house, like clearly his wife, yeah, 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 like she, she leaves, um, Mm -hmm. because like she couldn't be in that space anymore, but like him almost kind of being like stuck. I mean, like it, it reads as like a a degree of like denial, um, Mm -hmm. because like, you know, denying that this person who's coming into his life, like is anyone but his son, if they're claiming to be his son, like what reason does he have to believe that somebody would be dishonest about that? Um, but like, yeah, like he, you know, it's interesting too, because like, there's something really like almost heartwarming about the way that he's like taken on this fire station and raised all of these other fire or not raised them, but like has taken care of them almost Mm -hmm. as if they are like surrogate children to him. Um, but like, 
at the same time, then it's, it almost blows my mind that it's the same exact person who like completely throws all of that away for, for this person who's alleging to be his son. It like almost like there's almost this degree of like cognitive dissonance for me where like these things don't compute and like the compartmentalizing that he has to do to just be okay with this and accept this as reality is like kind of breaks my brain because everybody else is like clearly understanding that this is not his son. And like, yes, many times tried to tell him this and he like refuses to hear it. But I think it's just so it's just too much because then like, imagine like getting back your son and then being told that's not your son. It's like, you have to experience that grief all over again. Mm. And I imagine like at that point, he's just like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that. Or like thinking that he can like kind of get through the process. Cause like, there's still these moments where he's like, it seems like he's still grieving. Like he's not totally, you know, a hundred percent. Okay. Once, mm-hmm. uh, once Alexia like pretends to be his son. Um, and then like the whole steroids thing is like separate, maybe, I don't know, but like just generally there's a lot of things going on with his, his mental health. And, um, I imagine that like, he's just not like psychologically grounded enough to be able to handle the fact that like this person can't not be his son. It's just like, right. there's no other alternative to him. Well, well yeah. No, go, go ahead. I, I just want to quickly say it's very interesting because um, with the bus scene again, when he leaves, like he comes back, like he can't do with it. And he almost overdoses on the steroids or whatever he's taking. And mm-hmm. then like, 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 and when he comes Apparently back, Apparently like, he injects an air bubble into himself, according to the Wikipedia. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, that, yeah. Because there's nothing left in the vial. He's basically just putting air into his body. Mm-hmm. Um Interesting, interesting. But uh, yeah, I think that has, I think we're, we're seeing that in real time. But also when the mom finds out and she's just like, you know, if he, basically like, let him take care of you. Like, just don't hurt him. Like, mm-hmm. like he, he needs something to latch onto. So why not? Why can't you just be that thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it's interesting in when Alexia is back in his life, because we talked about the other suicide attempt but then he's like laying in his bed and lights himself on fire. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, where did that come from? Because it seemed like, you know, everything was okay. Like, is that believable to still have kind of those tendencies, even when he seemingly had something to fill that grieving void? I mean, at that point, I think he definitively knew that it was not his son because that was after like Alexia worked so hard to shield her body. And then there's this moment where, I mean, this guy is like terrible at doors, um, just opens all the doors constantly. It's like, it made me so anxious. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, no, no regard for personal space. Um, and, and like walks in on her in the bathroom and then like, eventually she is revealed to be this like pregnant woman. And, and like, he's still, he, he like, there's this moment where he's like, you're still my son, but also like he, he knows. And yeah. so like, I don't know if that, if that also coupled with like the, um, the scene where they're having the party in the firehouse and mm-hmm. she gets dragged up to the um, fire truck and starts dancing the way that she was dancing 
previously at, at her former job. And he like sees her dancing and she keeps going, which is also really interesting. And then he yeah. leaves. So I don't know if he was like outwardly embarrassed in that moment because like all of the, all of his colleagues saw. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, so like all of that kind of combined, you know, then led him to like potentially want to end his life. But like, there was clearly that like split second of like, as soon as he like lit himself on fire, he like immediately tried to stop it, which I think is also interesting. So I'd like to go back to, I'd like to go back to what you said about the uh, door courtesy in this film. <laughs> um, the door courtesy in this film is, is terrible. Yes. Um, everyone's just walking in on people, uh, left and right. No, like there's so many locked doors in this, but also like they are very open and free doors. Like she locks the door on her parents. He locks mm-hmm. the door on her when they first get there. There's like mm-hmm. a lot of locking of doors. However, people just like willy nilly walk into rooms. And I, I just wanted to point that out that that seems like bad door <laughs> courtesy and etiquette. Um, i.e. please knock everybody knock something i did want to bring up is um the sequence at the end a couple sequences in a row felt a little weird that whole sequence where the guy gets uh blown up uh by the dad um, yes in the fire that fire that that forest fire scene felt felt like it came out of nowhere like there was no lead up to it all of a sudden we're in the middle of a forest fire um it felt very vignette like in terms of like he just hands him the the propane tank or whatever it is and then it happens like there was kind of no like uh, um it was all very much up to you the viewer there wasn't any like you know finesse to it um uh and then that leading right into them celebrating when like their friend was badly injured or whatnot like that was like a weird sequence of events and then if you saw you know when she sees him through the crowd in a hoodie Mm-hmm. If you're watching her on the, um, if you're watching her, there's the shot behind her when she's dancing on the fire truck down into the group, and the guy is there in the hoodie, like so he's still alive, hmm. like he's in that sequence in the back being creepy. Um, but that's what I got from it. But I mean, I guess that shut him up. But um, I just thought that was very interesting that like whether it's consciously or subconsciously, like this guy is trying to keep everything from like, from outing, I guess, this person. And then she Mm kind of does it to herself when dancing on the, on the top, which was fascinating. Um, But yeah, that whole sequence was like weird, just in the order and like the reaction from scene to scene. But uh, yeah, that, that was something that definitely stood out to me in the end in terms of like the lengths at which they would go to try and make this like um, facade keep working. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To keep the secret and keep everybody happy, happy in quotes. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you make of her essentially outing herself in that scene? Uh, yeah. And I was trying to think of that as he was talking about it, because was it, uh, I was trying to think of because the captain was accepting of her that she felt more that she could be her complete self. And Hmm. that is a part of her, you know, the dancing on the car. So uh, (laughs) maybe she was like, and also maybe she was like, fuck it. He knows. And he's the most important person here. So it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. I'm just going to do whatever, because he's not going to hurt me. You know, he's going to 
he's going to defend me, i.e. he blew up this guy who was trying to out her. So maybe she just felt more free in the sense of she can fully be a mesh of all of who she is, which is so much. I also think that kind of what Nikisha was saying before, this idea that like this trauma is always inside of her, like she was standing on top of a fire truck and she has a plate in her head and she's sexually active with cars. Well, I can't believe I said that sentence. Oh but, like, but like that's like maybe someone just like took over her. She's like on top of the sexy truck and like she just has to like keep dancing like it's just inside of her. Because then immediately afterwards when she realized that she disappointed these people and like she kind of like quote comes to if you will. Like she immediately goes and fucks a truck like almost like she's like reverting back to her old habits because like a lot of these things are broken. Like, like she just, I feel like in a lot of movies, like when somebody disappoints their like new love interest or whatnot, like they go and do like a terrible thing that they like yeah, for sure. do or like is part of like their old life. Um, and I think that's definitely, that's seemingly in my eyes, that's kind of what happened here. And then like, after she does that with the fire truck, that's when she starts to experience like the contractions and things like that. And she needs to lean on the people that have been there for her in the past, like second half of this movie. Um, or at least the one person she knows will, will like unconditionally help her essentially. Um, yeah. I just want to oh, the legit. Weird I mean, it is a weird sentence. And that just made me think like, what are the logistics of having sex with a car? That's also what makes the car sexy. You said that numerous times and I'm curious, like whether what's the criteria that makes for a sexy car? This is a great question. (laughs) I think that, uh, I think that size makes it sexy. Those cars, those, those trucks were very big. Um, I think (laughs) color, I think engine, you know, it's not the size that matters, but like the power inside of it. Um, Ah, yes. I think the height is important. Uh, that makes cars sexy. Uh, I I also think it's just like everyone loves different cars. Like I, I think that she's you know some people just like are attracted to all cars, and I think that like she's just like she felt it, you know, and 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 really like internalized the the sex of the car within her. Oh my god! Mm, yeah, that reminds me. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, stick shifts only. So that just reminded me <laughs> of. Uh, and my I think it was my strange addiction episode mm-hmm. guy just made out with cars did you see that I remember someone being in a relationship with a car yeah maybe it was the same thing I just yeah I just remember seeing the, uh, images of him making out with a car and mm-hmm. I was like, that is actually happening here there was but also I- someone who was in a relationship with like an amusement park ride <laughs> no yeah and I think there's like a whole movie about either that person or like the second person who also did the same thing. Oh, well, there needs to be a body horror movie about that. Yes. Was that the show where people eat cushions? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, or their dead husband's ashes. Oh, I did not see that one. Yeah. Uh, Back to this movie. Can we talk about the body horror moments that were the most cringiest for us? Sure. Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, I can't even like verbalize it, but like her trying to induce an abortion was just like so much, too much for my eyeballs. Yes. Um, 
And it's it, literally, there was one, the moment when she was trying to actually change herself into a man and she's like cutting her hair off and then she's banging her nose. Up oh yeah. I actively had to like close my eyes and wait for that to be done because I could not stand seeing someone break their nose. That- mm-hmm. um, also when she is like getting intimate with her coworker and is like pulling on her nipple ring, like has this like weird fascination with it. That's like, that was too much. Cause it's metal. And it's metal mixed with human flesh, which she loves. Just thought. Uh, For me, it was, I think that the makeup uh, and the sound effects for when she's rapping each time and each time it becomes harder for her. And Mm. like, you can kind of like feel it in like, especially that that moment where like her her metal belly rips and- And like, she's got to wrap herself again, but it's bigger than it's ever been. And she's like wrapping it and you can like still see like all of the, the scars and the bruising. It's like, it's pretty, pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. And even when she's, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you go. I was going to say her scratching at the rash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was so awful. (laughs) Cause you know that something is going to like rip or tear. Mm -hmm. And it's just like in the sound of that. Ah, it was horrible also the like the first stabbing with a hairpin Mm. um like into that guy's ear was just like he also there was way more like mouth gurgling that was just like weird saliva that i wasn't expecting um that sweet sweet but yeah that like that ear stab really (laughs) foamy foamy gurgle yes yeah Yeah. foamy gurgle Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I was wondering, I was like, I wanted to look up and see would that actually happen if you had something in your ear? Because his like eyes just like rolled back in his head and then he was mm-hmm. like gurgling foam. And it's like, is that, there's like no blood either. What's happening? What's going on? But anyway, that's body horror for body yaddy yaddy horror. Thank you. you. <laughs> should, we, uh, should we do some Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, and mm-hmm. I but because I was looking at reviews and I saw the score. My apologies. All right. Jamie, what's the Rotten Tomatoes score? Uh, All right. So, uh, you know, critics love a good film, love a good French film, love a palm de winner. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that it probably did better than my actual brain thinks it would do. I'm going to say um, like uh, <laughs> you got this 80. It's got it's it's I'm guessing in the 80s, but I, I don't I can't like definitively say if it's low 80s or high 80s. Well, the answer is 88 percent. Ooh, OK. Thrillingly provocative and original to Tain reaffirms writer director Julia uh, Ducourneau's delightfully disturbing vision. Yeah, she she did the her first movie was raw, which like is also 
on my brain list and I would, I would like to see it, but, um, it's on Netflix right now, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think, Mm -hmm. oh, um, the woman with the nipple piercings, I think starred in raw. Oh, oh, yeah. I did watch the trailer for Raw because I was trying to see what other movies mm-hmm. this lady's done. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Four S's. Ace. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns. Four S's. <laughs> okay. The four S's. Here we go. We have skulls, scares, shakes and suggestions uh one through ten what did you think this was in terms of skulls uh we're talking uh mental health and human behavior uh jamie let's start with you one through ten um i think i'm gonna give it a five because i'm still confused and i can't tell if like they there's parts where I feel like it cancels each other out where like, I think they did, they took a really interesting like take on human behavior, but then also Mm -hmm. like what the fuck. So I think that ends up canceling out. So I'm going to go with about a five. Just to save some time. That's exactly what I did too, uh, for the exact reasons. Uh, Same, same, same. (laughs) Great. Cool. I'm glad that we all share one brain. brain. Uh, Scares. Uh, Jamie, one through ten. Um, I'm gonna give this a seven, and not even necessarily for like historic sevens, like or historic sevens, historic like spooky jump scares, but like just the really shockingly gruesome, disturbing images that were just like too much to watch. Um, sure. So, and Akisha's looking at me like I'm insane. And I'm wondering if it's because she agrees with no. me wholeheartedly. Yeah, it is because I agree with you heartily. I literally was thinking, I'm going to give this a seven because of that <laughs> nose scene alone. Mm-hmm. Like there's not much where I have shield my eyes, mm-hmm. but that nose scene got me. So, yeah. yeah. I, body heart, I'm, I'm like very torn on. Like there are some things that I will watch because like they're, like respectable in the subgenre and mm-hmm. um and like I think that they're interesting and then there's other things where it's like other things where I think it takes it too far and goes more into like the gore porn type uh sure world and and like like a hostel is not not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Uh I'm also I'm also gonna give it a seven just because you two gave it a seven and body and body adi adi horror freaks me out too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Shakes. How, how is this going to stick with you? What are your thoughts? Uh, Jamie, let's start with you. Um, so I'm going to give it a three because there were moments where I like completely forgot that I saw this movie, but then, but then when it like came back into my brain, it like, it, it just like makes me really squeamish. I've also had like a bunch of weird dreams lately that I'm completely attributing mm-hmm. to seeing this movie. Um, sure. And so I think that my subconscious is like trying to keep it in, in the foreground of my mind and I won't let it. Totally. Nikisha. Yeah. I was going to give it a, I'll give it a four because yeah, it, it'll stick with me in the sense of how crazy and confused I was. And I just remember like talking to my mom on the phone and being like, mom, I just watched this movie. I don't even know what I just watched, <laughs> but I just feel inclined to tell you that this was crazy. So uh, I'll give it a four. 
Cool. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven just because I've been thinking about it. And like, it's not like a 10 where I'm always thinking about it, but like maybe, maybe, a, maybe a 6.5. I think this is more like a 6.5 for me. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, suggestions. What would you pair this movie with? Or what do you think people should watch? Uh, I mean, Jamie mentioned Raw. And I only say that because it's the same director. And I was sure. just looking up body yada yada horror movies in general. And I'm going to suggest something that I haven't seen, but I do want to see is Human Centipede as part of the body horror genre. Sure. Oh, God, I, I hate that movie. Never seen that it. movie. <laughs> I hate that movie. I, I, someone, the only reason Tell I ever watched really that movie feel. Someone told me that it won some award and then, and that's how they got me to see that movie. And I'm like still mad about it. <laughs> um, and the sequels, I've read the plots and like, I have no interest in, in putting that in my eyeballs, but like, ugh, I hate, I hate it. I mean, let I, me when I, you watch it. No, for sure. I'll let you know, but, and I really only want to watch it to watch the sequel because I heard the sequel is like even crazier. They're all there. Yeah. It's just I mean, nonsense. It, yeah. The premise is nonsense, but you know, I feel like it's something I should see at least once. So mm-hmm. I'll watch it. <laughs> Jamie. Um, well, you had said that you had something and I want you to go first. Cause I have a couple. Oh, I, I just think the fly is a great, really oh, good yeah. body horror movie that uh, is just like, it just it's just very good it's a great movie it has the body horror stuff to go along with it and uh i'm i'm going to go with that the fly the remake nice so um i have a couple um so one of the ones that i have is possessor which is actually made by the son of David Cronenberg, Brandon Cronenberg. Um, it's definitely more like psychological horror but I think it has some of those like, you know, weird kind of, I, I went for less body horror and more just like weird things that have like broken my brain after watching them. Um, Cause one of the other ones that this movie made me think of, which like doesn't have anything to do with body horror, but is just like a very strange movie um, that also, well, that didn't win the Palm d'Or, but was a contender um, is Holy Mothers. Um, it's, it's not horror at all. It's just like a really wacky movie, but I, I don't, I don't watch a lot of wacky movies. So um, it just really stands out as like, I I can't even explain it. I can't do it justice, but um, it's really bizarre and out there. And and having spoken about watching this movie that felt like many different movies, that kind of fits the description of Holy Mothers. Um, And then for a classic, I went with Videodrome. That was what I was going to recommend instead of The Fly. So we went differently. Nice. Um, I'll never end. watch I'll never watch Possessor ever again. It made me so uncomfortable. I couldn't take <laughs> it for a couple of days. Like that movie really <laughs> fucked me up. I'll never watch it again ever. Man, now I gotta watch it. Okay. <laughs> Super exciting times. Awesome. Well, that is it for our Titanium 
body, yaddy, yaddy horror episode. Yeah. Can you hit us with another, uh, see a bar? <laughs> I'm got it. Got it. <laughs> awesome. Well guys, if you want to follow our wacky adventures, you can do so on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok handle at talk horror pod P O D We'll be doing a lot of stuff, putting a lot, putting out a lot of content with hot takes on things regarding horror movies on the TikToks, talking about some of our favorite things and just horror in general, you know, to satisfy your year long Halloween things. So we'll be that for you guys. Uh, Brian, where can they listen to us? Yeah, you can find us wherever you get uh, your podcasts, including things like Stitcher, including things like Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. And I think, Brian, we just need to play Body Yaddy Yaddy as our outro. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we can do that. (laughs) 